0: Welcome everyone to another episode of The Full Life. Uh, As you can see, our friend Hank is not in this discussion, but he will appear later in the program. Before we get into the big discussion for today, we did want to discuss that, you know, we started this show three months ago, the beginning of May now. Yes, we're in August, my goodness. And it's been so great to be with you guys every week. Uh, But we started the first two shows talking about our struggles with the coronavirus epidemic. And then the second episode was start our thoughts about opening up again. Well, here we are in episode 11, and we're still talking about that. Uh, So I don't think any of us ever thought that this was going to go on this long and and certainly turn into what it's turned into um, in various forms of our culture and life. Um, So we just wanted, felt like we we really wanted to take that time today to check in with each other and check in with all you because I'm sure we're all feeling like this is never going to end and it just changes and perpetuates into new challenges and problems. So uh, I'll throw that question out to you guys. How are you guys doing? Carolyn, how are you doing?
1: (laughs) What? What? (laughs) I think we're all... And I think everyone is, is done. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I'm getting so many people on Facebook just saying, you know, our kids are now done with zoom calls. They're done with meeting in the uh, driveways. They're done with driveway by, bir- drive by birthday parties. I mean, there has been so many things that we have given up and that is personal touch. And we were meant for community. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to tell you, it, it's been hard. I, I think that, For me, there are so many different things that I think I'm so exhausted, even just from the emotions of the spirit that's surrounding it. I don't know Mm -hmm. about you all, but there's a heaviness to it. And I have to really, at times, honestly, battle just not feeling a little bit of depression at times or feeling overwhelmed at times. And it's making me like never before. I'm just having to get in the Bible, get my worship on those in perfect peace are whose mind stays on him. And I'm just having to quote the scripture because if not, it it can be a little overwhelming. Jenny. Honestly,
2: I, it has been, this program has been so great for me. I know because it's been like a bit of a social hour for us to connect with our friends. Um, You know, I I had to shift my focus a few weeks ago um, because, you know, it's not just me. Like I was starting to say before, my son, Ben, you know, he's really, he's my social butterfly as well. And it's really, really taking a toll on him. And so I've had to really focus on two different things. One, I've said to our church over and over again, we've got to focus on what we can do, not what we can't do. If we get focused on what we can't do, that's when we start to get depressed. That's when we get irritated, agitated, aggravated, add whatever adjective you want there. um, If we focus on what we can't do. So let's focus on what we can do. What are the blessings in this season? I continually go back to the fact that I really do believe that, um, that we are being put through a season of Sabbath. And when I fight that is when I find the most frustration. But I did try to say to my boys, okay, let's talk about what great has happened this year. Yeah. What we have this year that's been great? And so we tried to list it, took them a few minutes. They were like, you know, we it took us a bit, but we were able to list those things and really try to focus those things. Otherwise, yeah, the frustration is really real. I'm with Carolyn. People are done. We we want to get out. We want to start fellowshipping. So so it's an interesting dynamic right now.
0: Well, I'll be honest. Um, I did not do so well this week um, with it. Uh, I finally have hit the point where I was pretty good. You know, I'm. I also love being inside the house, so I'm good. And uh, on that point, but really, you know, it's fine. You know, it felt like I wasn't able. To, I'm not running. I'm not doing. You know, I'm like. I feel like I'm stuck. I feel, and I'm sure a lot of people feel like they're stuck. You know, in a lot of respects. And you know, I'm. I work in television production, so. I don't know when I'm, you know, other than this show, I don't know when I'm working. So that started to feel like, okay, you know, we keep kicking that ball down the road here. When's that going to happen? All that to say, you know, it kind of all erupted at one time on the people that I love the most this week. And uh, and that wasn't great. Uh, it <laughs> created a lot of problems, which I deeply regret. And I will freely admit that here, uh, because because like confession. Yeah, you know, because you know, you just you know, and then the stories came out this week about uh, you know, and it, it it's irrelevant what the story you know what the stories were and what your opinion on the stories were. It just but what I felt was this tension that that everyone was still going to fight about you know how to stop it or what to do and 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 I was like we're never going to get out of this like that's what I was feeling like it wasn't about whether what was right or not it was like we're never going to get out of this cuz everyone's going to just keep fighting you know and and I was like am am I ever going to work again because you know <laughs> because it's just going to keep fighting you know so uh you know I, I I just freely admit here with my friends here on our social hour that it was Not a good week. So if you're not having a good week, (laughs) it's it's okay. okay.
1: (laughs) But you know what? It's funny you say that because I even said this week, all my social media, I'm like, I'm going to limit it down because I I started getting so much in and, and like you, it moves you emotionally. You know, yeah. people say things and you're like, I don't agree with that. And then you want to respond. And then the Holy Spirit says, shut your mouth. You know, there is times that you need to stand <laughs> up. And I pray God, and let my spirit be right in it because I don't want to be, you know, and, and honestly, it's a great time on, for me to really be putting myself before God, looking at myself, going, man, I've got a lot of flesh in there that I I really need to look at sometimes things that just like hit trigger points with me. And I think I'm so self-righteous and, you know, I just hear the Holy Spirit just say, sometimes you need to unplug and hit your knees. And I've been talking a lot lately about fighting our battle in the heavenlies. And we, we, I think we've lost, I don't know about you, but maybe a little bit of the importance of really that prayer still works you yeah. know, and, and that's where I'm at, you know, and I'm putting up positive things for myself. You know, today is the yesterday. What is it that I said today is the tomorrow that I was worried about yesterday. We're still here. I like that. Isn't that good today? I was worried about it. You know, it, it's the today tomorrow. It. Right. Or the tomorrow I was worried about yesterday. Love right. that. Everything that I was worried that was going to destroy me. And yet we're still here. Yeah, and you know, I think that's what we have to focus on. And for me, it's like God, I just want to keep upping my faith that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You change not. Mm-hmm. I can stand on that truth, and and I'm so I'm self talking myself, Joseph. This is how I pump myself up, man. That you're hearing my self talks, but guys, we have to put on the full armor of God.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love that that scripture, you know, put on the full
2: armor of God. I don't know if I shared this before, but in the Greek, well, it goes put on the full armor of God that you may be able to withstand, right? The word withstand is one of my favorite Greek words. Did I share this before? No, but share it again. Oh, okay. (laughs) He's saying this. It's my favorite. So I say it all the time antihistamine. I mean, I just love that withstand is antihistamine, which means, you know, that you take an antihistamine. It means the situation doesn't go away, your reaction to the situation goes away. And that's exactly what, you know, our prayer does is that it helps our reaction when, when people are, you know, you watch people online. Sometimes I think, how are people so cruel? How are people so mean? And the things like you're saying, Joseph, the arguing, I I see such an ugly spirit between believers, non-believers politically, you know, right, left, this arguing. And I think part of that is like, we have got to put on that full armor so we withstand, so we don't have the same reaction as the rest of the world when the world is wanting to explode, that our world internally doesn't explode. That's, I think, a very big part. Um,
0: Absolutely. And I I will say one of the bright spots that, as you've said, Jenny, has been doing this show and doing us together, um, and we've started to get some pretty good feedback. I wanted to ask Carolyn to share one of the really powerful messages we got from one of our viewers.
1: Well, I know like all of you, we are just getting so much great feedback, and thank you to everyone who is getting in touch with us. We love hearing your stories. We love hearing your prayer requests. And we're a big family, and you're a part of this family with us, so we're excited, but. On one of our shows, we had done on, un- on forgiveness and unforgiveness and what it does in-, in our hearts. And I got a little message from somebody that said, just thank you for this show. It changed me today. And she went on to share a little bit that her husband, for the past four years, she just found out had been living a double life and had another family like, like a couple hours away with children. And so here she thought he was going to work. And he was actually going to live another life. And she said, I didn't know inside myself, inside my flesh, if I could really forgive this man who has now destroyed our family, destroyed our children, destroyed, you know. And she says, but after hearing this message today, I have found forgiveness. I've realized that I need to set him free so I can be set free to move on. And so it just encouraged us so much to know that we're making a difference, that this family that we have, this community that we're in, we're encouraging each other to not give up and to keep fighting the good fight of faith.
0: Yes, we're so happy we can be here for you. Another person said they want, uh, you know, they're happy to have this kind of support group. So we're happy to support you. And for those that have asked for prayer, please Feel free to ask, you know message us and ask for prayer. We'd love to pray for you. And a few people did. And so today's prayer, I'm going to let toss to Mr. Hank, and he can lead us in some prayer for the people that have asked.
3: So, Lord, for the gift of prayer, we give you thanks. Um, Lord, we thank you specifically um, today. Uh, Just for Julie and Carmen, we thank you for the blessing we have to be able to cast our cares upon each other. We thank you for the blessing we have to be able to just give our prayers to you. So Lord, I pray that whatever situation they're in, whatever they're going through, that you would bless them with your mercy and grace, that we give them strength and comfort, and that they would know that your love is with them, your love is in them, and your love is working for them. Lord, as we think about not just our topic today, but for a lot of families, um, as we gear up for back to school. It looks very, very different, um, probably as different as it's ever been. So Lord, we pray a special prayer of blessing for the students uh, as they sort through this world um, with all these different new, new things and new schools or new opportunities or new um. Yeah, just new experiences, I guess, is the easiest way to say it, whether it's virtual, whether it's homeschool, whether it's going in a couple of times a week. We just pray for um, just your blessing to be upon them. We pray that your light may shine in them and through them and pray for perseverance. Lord, we also pray for the parents and families and guardians. uh, Give them strength as well. This is different for all of us, but God, we thank you that you're with us and you're in us. And lastly, Lord, we pray for the school districts, the administrators, and the teachers. Um, They're trying their best to make their best decisions, so I just pray that they feel your blessing, that they feel your Um, grace, and that, Lord, your can be glorified through. Uh, Thank you for all the many people who are working in schools, in homes. As we embark upon this new year, Lord, help us to just continue to rely on you, our God, who's our refuge and strength. In your holy and precious name, amen. All right, and now we will uh, continue our discussion today uh, on the topic of schooling.
0: As we know, the coronavirus cases are climbing in a lot of places across the country, And schools may or may not reopen. And if they do, they may not look the same. So, what education options are out there? Uh, How, you know, and how do parents navigate all of those choices? Uh, Today, we have a really special guest with some great insight into that. And to introduce her, I will toss to Jenny.
2: Well, I am so excited to have our guest on today. For one, she's one of my dearest friends in the whole wide world or universe, if I could say that. But of course, that's not why we have her on. Her and her husband, Brad, they, uh, they pastor an amazing, amazing, I wanna say family even more than church, an amazing family, but a church in Riverside, California, um, named Antioch Church. It's one of my uh, the greatest churches I've been able to be a part of. Her husband is a teacher um, at in high school And yet my dear friend, Corey Curry and her husband have chosen to homeschool their children and not only homeschool, but to guide other parents in homeschooling. When my husband and I uh, moved to Israel, we chose to homeschool our children at that time. When we moved back to America, we came to California. She guided me. Corey Curry has an amazing down to earth perspective of how parents can really tap into the options that we have for homeschooling and chartering. So I'm so excited to have Corey Curry with us today. Hi, it's so great to be with you guys. What an honor. I know this, this is such a hot topic. You know, on Facebook yesterday, there were so many people talking about it on the news, several different news channels. You know, I wrote Joe to say everybody is talking about this right now because obviously with, um, you know, coronavirus, like, like Joe mentioned before, um, surging, schools are wondering what to do. And so I just want to ask you this question with so many schools across the country, um, beginning the school year with distance learning. um, So many parents are trying to look at their options right now, homeschooling, chartering, things like that uh, are options, but I know it can be overwhelming. So Corey, just kind of share with us, how does someone start to consider the distance learning option in public schools versus homeschooling? Where does the starting point? There's
4: definitely a difference between homeschooling distance learning Um, using a charter, like there's, there's so many vocabulary words that are being thrown around and it can get really daunting. Um, so I think the biggest thing right now is, um, figuring out what is going to be best for your family and kind of dissecting some of those words. So if you don't mind, I will help you do that. Dissect some of those words. Distance learning, um, which is what I think a majority of schools are going to be doing, doing is, um just straight online classes, where you might do a Zoom call with the teacher um, and then have additional uh, worksheets that you have to do. It's very much strategic with the public school that you have already been a part of. Charter schools are something different, and this is something that varies from state to state. So depending on the state where you are, and there's a great resource called Homeschool Legal Defense. Um, not that we need defense um, through homeschool all the time, but they have an amazing resource that's free on their website. It's HSLDA. I think you guys can um, reference that. And um, you can click on there what state you're in and it will tell you your different homeschool options, whether charters are available, whether you have to provide paperwork. Some states don't even require paperwork to be filed through um, through the the state, others most of the um, states on the East Coast are a little more stringent. So it's nice to have that um, that map of okay, we are in Pennsylvania, so ours are going to be a little bit different than California. In California specifically, we have three different options where you can do a private affidavit, which is where you homeschool just independently and provide the paperwork. You can use a charter, or you can use um, you know online distance learning through your your public school so i think by beginning to understand the difference between those options um you can begin to make some some Choices for your family. I think doing the online stuff, the distance learning for littles is really difficult. It's really difficult to put them in front of a computer screen and try to interact with a teacher, especially coming into a new year. It's going to be a new teacher that they haven't yet had any sort of trust or relationship built. Um, So you know, you might want to consider maybe we we step back from doing the distance learning through the public school and let's just do some homeschooling as a family, especially at the elementary age. There's so many resources. It's not that difficult and actually can be a whole lot of fun.
0: So you sort of already touched on it, but how do you kind of start? OK, I've, you know, I'm going to look into homeschooling. So how what is the process of becoming a homeschool?
4: Um, I think the best place to start, honestly, is a whole lot of prayer. (laughs) You have to, to pray about it, talk about it as a family. We've had so many discussions as our family, um, what are what curriculums are we going to do? Where where are we going to do it? Are we going to include friends? Are we going to include tutors? Because even homeschooling, you can still outsource some of the tutoring. So some of us who have maybe some math anxieties, um, you can outsource that. Um, so there's a lot of Great resources out there, um, but really, it needs to begin with prayer and it needs to begin with conversation. You need to have these conversations with your kids, and because it's not a decision that is made um, or should be made in isolation, you need to make it as a family because it impacts the whole family.
2: Mm-hmm. Corey, also, you know, there are resources you mentioned that you can outsource, and I think parents need to know that that there are financial that the government, if you choose to homeschool, you get money. From the government so you're not going oh well but how do i pay for this um it's important to know that you get money to go into that you've taken your kids on sailing lessons and done things like that with that i think parents should know that so they're not afraid of that side of it
4: yeah absolutely so um and again, it depends on your on your state, but most of our taxes. So, if you use a charter, um, you you can actually get reimbursed for your curriculum funds for your PE classes, um, and it just depends on the charter that you use. Right now, in the state of California, um, because of the pandemic, using a charter is a little more difficult. If you haven't already been enrolled, right now they're not allowing new enrollees into charters for the twenty. 2021 school year. So that's unfortunate. But um, under normal circumstances, and I believe in some other states, you do get um, reimbursed or you have educational funds that you can use to buy math textbooks, you can use it to buy Uh, printer paper and printer ink cartridges and crayons and watercolors, all the things that you would normally see in a classroom. Um, Since your living room is now becoming the classroom, they help to support you in that. And I think a lot of schools are going to be working hard to um, provide those things. For students students this year with the the distance learning programs, I know that a lot of schools are are going to be supplementing with Chromebooks so that kids have computer access and, um, you know, school supplies.
0: For charter schools, um, what is, do you need to follow their curriculum or do you follow your, still follow your own curriculum as a homeschool? How does that interaction work if you can get into a charter school?
4: That's a great question, actually. So a charter school, a charter is actually the paperwork that is approved by the state where the school says, this is how we are going to educate our children. And this is how we're going to make sure that they meet the standards so that they come out the other side, successful learners. And each charter is written differently depending on the school's focus. So some charters are maybe focused on um, arts and theater. There are some others that are are more stem focused and there's others that are um, more literature focused so depending on what how the charter is written depends on the curriculum that you'll use several charters though are it's written in there to have parent choice curriculum So what they do is that they allow for you to choose the curriculum that is best for you, that's best for your student. Um, And they just have a teacher, a credentialed teacher that's following up with you monthly so that you're meeting those standards. But whether you're meeting those standards through an online program or you're meeting those standards through um, regular textbooks or however you choose to teach, um, let's say writing, um, you can, you can choose the curriculum that best suits your family and they just make sure that you're meeting those standards.
1: I have to tell you for most parents that are out here, um, I think this spring was like fear of God written on our head because we realized how inadequate we can be yeah. <laughs> for those who are thinking about, um, you know, doing the homeschooling route not sending to school because I'm in Florida. So we do have uh, choices to do that. But if they are thinking about staying home, you know, give us some ideas of how you create a structure in the midst of a day uh, for the kids to know. Great question.
4: Sure. I'm sure for a lot of parents, a lot of your listeners, they just feel like they have been thrown into the deep end of the pool and they have no idea how to swim. Yeah. And I just want to say I feel you. You are not alone. Even though I didn't start my homeschooling journey um, in the middle of a pandemic, (laughs) um, I don't know that anybody has. Um, I definitely, I did not choose homeschool. Homeschool chose me. It chose our family. Um, And there's a whole story that goes along with that. My kids were in a private school and my son was in fourth grade and he began to have panic attacks in the classroom. He was really... Anxiety ridden, and we had a choice to make. We had a choice to make as to whether or not we were gonna continue down that road or bring him home, bring him close, and just we have to do this as a family because I felt like I was gonna lose my son. Um, and uh, so I did not want to homeschool, there was nothing in me that wanted to homeschool. I felt completely inadequate, I had no idea where to even begin. And so I just want to encourage any of you that feel that way. Um, and I have so many educational wounds of my own. Like, I am I am not smart enough to do this. If I do this, I might ruin my kids. I might ruin them for the rest of their lives, you know, that way. Yeah, it's a, it's a real fear. It really is. Yeah. And, um, and so it was a journey of really allowing the Lord to heal those wounds in me, um, but then realize that, you know what? It wasn't a mistake that I'm my son's mom. And it's not a mistake that you are right here in this moment, in this time in history. He knows exactly where you are. And he has resources for you. He even has a tribe for you. People that are going to come alongside and really lock arms with you and say, you can do this. So I just, for all of you that are feeling like There is no way this is happening to me. You know what? Jesus is so great at taking these awful things and these things where we feel like we're drowning and completely flipping it on its head to where now it's the most beautiful thing in our life. Um, And that's definitely our story. Reach out to some of the churches that are in your area, even if it's not the church you attend, especially some of the larger churches have homeschool moms or homeschool support groups. And I don't know a better um, resource than to give you is them.
1: That's really gonna be helpful. I mean, that's gonna be so helpful because for those of us who are doing it, the resources is that we need to get that tribe around us, that support group of when we're tired, when we feel like even frustrated you know because the moms you're still trying to work you're still trying to get things done i think it's important to have those people that can say we're there for you you're not alone um but i would even love to hear how do you structure your day out a little bit do you say we're still getting up at a certain time we're having breakfast at a certain time how do you make that work yeah a whole lot of trial and error <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's honest It is. And I mean, like it just really has to come down to that because every family is different. So I think one of the biggest things it like biggest mistakes is to try to turn your house into a classroom. Your house is not a classroom. Your house is your kid's home and it needs to remain their home. And you are not their teacher. You are mom or you are dad. And so stay as mom and dad who happens to be helping with their education. Um, and so I think it really depends on the family. Um, some families love to get up early and let's exercise and then let's come back. And while we're eating breakfast, we're going to read a little devotion and then we're going to get started on our online school classes. And then we're going to take a break and everybody has free time. And then we're going to listen to an audiobook while we eat lunch. You know, you can structure it that way, but... There are some other families, like our family is um, different in that I have a lot of artistic minds that love to stay up and read and write at night. Getting up at 7 o'clock in the morning when they have stayed up creating until midnight. um, Oh, it's not good for anybody's health to do that. (laughs) You know, we're just not going to make it through the day. And no one wants to learn math when they're exhausted. So, but that's the, the beauty of homeschool is that you can structure it however works best for mom and dad, however works best for the kids. And especially if mom and dad are having to work from home, which my husband is having to teach classes, teach AP calculus classes from home. So, and he right now is also helping to teach my kids um, pre-calculus, I think we're doing this year. So, we have to structure kind of around dad's work schedule we also have to structure around our ministry schedule. So really there's a lot of give and take and you know what, be okay with failing. You just kind of have to see what the needs of the family are and then tweak it. Um, and sometimes you, you have to tweak it due depending on the season, depending on the week. Um, and it's okay, that's the beauty of homeschool is that you you have the freedom to do what works best for your family so that everyone is thriving.
3: Corey, thanks so much for sharing a little bit of your story, Um, and then also just all these resources and structure. Um, I'm just wondering what you've done in the past to help supplement. So I know for a lot of people, this is not just daunting, but they feel like, hey, I lack in here, here, here. So what are ways you've supplemented education? Um, And maybe there's stuff that's helpful that people can even do now with um, this transition to distance learning?
4: Well, one of the absolute best resources that we have is audiobooks, for sure. Um, you know, Audible is an amazing resource for families. If you just get kids listening to books, listening to story, kids love story. Um, it will increase the vocabulary. It increases their um, their. Comprehension. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're also learning all sorts of wonderful things. There's great historical fiction books out there, Um, even just like helping their mind to engage with other cultures, other times in history, um, science discoveries. Definitely audiobooks is a great way to go. Just don't make your kids sit on the couch with their hands like this listening. Let them play with Legos, let them color, let them do a puzzle, let them. You know, build or do something with their, their nervous energy while they're listening, I guarantee you they are listening. They will remember so much more than you think that they are. Um, and even for the littles in the house, even if they're listening to an a audiobook that maybe their fifth grade brother is listening to, um, your younger ones are going to have a better um, vocabulary and speech pattern just from listening yeah. to books that are above their reading level. So definitely I, that's one of the best resources out there. Um, and there's a resource um, called Read Aloud Revival. Dot com and she's an incredible book reviewer and she has an, an incredible number of um, book lists based on age, based on um, gender, based on topic, and so you can um, definitely check out her website and her Instagram, and that has amazing resources of like where to get started as far as books are concerned. Um, other resources, uh, let's see, drive through history is a great like great one so much fun it's so much fun yeah. so he actually goes through um, so there's one that's like the early church and he's in Israel. And he goes to the different places. So all the videos, so it's all videos. I think you can find them on YouTube or you can just go to drivethroughhistory.com and he has them there. Um, He has an early American history where he goes to Gettysburg and he goes to, you know, Boston and you see the Boston Harbor and he gives such fun insight to all of these times in history and the kids can actually see it. So for our visual learners, it's really important that they can Mm. see what we're talking about. And he's super fun. And quirky kids love it, even high schoolers love it because we all love to see where these things happened. You know, so much more fun to engage with it that way than just reading it in a textbook.
0: How about faith based programs, Corey? You know, for those looking for those, what are some really good faith based programs out there for curriculum?
4: Yes, absolutely. So, um, let's see, Class- classical conversation is a great program, um, and they actually have in person classes where you can, I think, go onto their website and find out if there are any in-person classes in your area. They're all over the nation. Incredible. You can do that from kinder through high school, their program. Um, And that is an amazing, amazing resource to not only learn, but also to develop friends and develop community. So that's an amazing program. Um, Another one would be Sunlight um sunlight.com and it's spelled with an o s o n um and that is a very literature-based program what i love about sunlight though is that it's comprehensive in that you have your bible you have your apologetics you have you know science from a christian worldview but it's all in one and you can kind of do it um one room schoolhouse style, so you all of your students for for like history and science, everybody's learning in Bible. We're all learning together, um, and then you would have like math and language arts at other levels. But it's really nice if you're going to be at home instead of having, you know, depending on how many kids you have. I have three, so instead of doing three different history curriculums, like history hasn't changed. Let's all do it together, right? So we all can do it together. We can do science together. We can do Bible together and then piece out the things that we need to. And it really, for our family, has developed such unity, such camaraderie. My kids have definitely, in the times that we've been doing this, we've been doing it for nine years. My kids aren't just family, they are friends. And that's one of the other beautiful things is learning to be friends with your family, because that's not always the case, is it? um so yeah so we're very blessed by that and sunlight does a great job of that beautiful feet books beautiful feet books is another great um faith-based curriculum Becca is a great faith based curriculum that's going to be a little more textbook style
1: we want to keep learning a fun experience you know my kids come home from school and they love their teachers that day and i'm like you know so it's i'm just sitting here thinking can you give some points to parents of how do we create this atmosphere because you've got a parents that are very structured and you will do this and you know and and if they don't like you said they feel like failures and i think the house just turns into this big jail house and and kids feel beat up and not encouraged what can we do to help the parents through that we can only control one person and that's us <laughs> we can't
4: even control our children right so the key is to control ourselves to the point where we can help engage with our kids. And so when I have found that there, cause I have, I mean, we've definitely gone toe to toe with some of my, you know, my kids, like there are difficult days, but when, um, there's a struggle and when there's pushback, um, I've learned that there's oftentimes something else going on in that child's heart. So if I will just pull them close or sit next to them and go, okay, good, let's both start over okay, what's going on? Is this hard? What can I do to support you? When you are actually like homeschooling, not just doing distance learning, but you choose to, we are going to privately homeschool so that we can pick our own curriculum. That gives you so much freedom to actually listen to your kids and Mm -hmm. find out who they are individually and how they learn best and find out what brings the spark in them. I have one son, I actually taught him his ABCs by writing on little rocks I would I painted ABCs on all these rocks and we put them out in the grass and he could go find them in nature and that's how we learned how to read oh was goodness. because flashcards were not happening but if we ride <laughs> and play with rocks then hey guess what we learned our ABCs so mm-hmm. that's where you can use a lot of creativity but honestly parents if you are having that bad day where everybody's fighting and everybody's just like going Going at it like that, you need to step away. set it down. Step away from the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Just put mm-hmm. the book down. Yeah. Put the book down for that's everybody's right. safety and find something that can reconnect your hearts. So maybe that's just, hey, you know what? Let's just let's just go have a snack outside and go for a walk. And just let everybody calm down. Um, the only other thing is learning to ask forgiveness quickly. That's the beautiful thing about homeschool, is that he can educate two generations at the same time. Uh, that's what happened in my case. So um, let that be your story. Don't You don't have to know all the answers. You just have to know where to find them. And YouTube
1: and Google are a great place. So oh, good. One of my children, the youngest one during this whole pandemic thing, would literally come and just lay down on my bed and go, I need people. And she just, it was so hard for her. She is such a people person. She's a lot like me. And, um, Man, so I'm sitting here going, okay, what if you're home homeschooling? How do you get that aspect of this? How do, How do you handle this is keep them where they're still seeing people? Yeah. Oh,
4: so that's, I'm so glad you brought that up because there is a huge difference between homeschooling and pandemic schooling two totally different things and i totally get that i have i have one of my kids too that like the whole lay across the bed and just start crying because i just miss people um Mm. oh gosh it's like heartbreaking so normally um in, in circumstances, socialization is a very important thing. It's actually not something that homeschoolers struggle with though, because we know that we learn better in community. So we have actually provided, and most homeschoolers do, provide opportunities for their kids to get out, to socialize, whether that's through sports or education. Um, what a lot of families do is they choose to come together as what is known as a cohort, or co-op, and together the families help to educate the kids. So we have done that in the past, and we're going to be doing it this year, even with the pandemic, is that one day a week, we come together and we break up the day in certain subjects or hours. We'll do Bible together as um, a group of five to six families, Um, and we'll just do it around the dining room table or out in the backyard. So we'll do Bible, and then we'll have one of the parents come in and do science, and the kids get to do science labs together. Another parent who's really math focused does the math. And, um, even if the kids are doing online classes together on that one day when they're coming together around the dining room table, they're actually almost able to do like a study hall and encourage each other or read similar books and discuss it and challenge each other on aspects of that, um, of their writing. They can read their papers out loud to each other. They can correct each other's work. It's a really great way to um, keep those friendships going and to build yourself and your character in the place of community. And we need that as parents just as much as they need it as kids. Even the public schools are seeing the necessity for this in pandemic schooling. So even with distance learning, my husband, who is a public school teacher, just got off the phone with our district superintendent and- and there are public schools that are coming together trying to find ways to provide this opportunity for kids to, to be able to study together once a week or a couple days a week to not only help parents that have to work. but socialization is important. Having friendships and people that you can do this journey with is so important. So there is, you know,
2: anxiety in taking this on for a lot of parents, ones that were forced into it or ones that would say, I want to do it. I hear this all the time. I would love to do that, but I'm just, I don't think I could handle it. Um, you know, speak to the potential anxieties they could be facing. Obviously, we've address some of these. You know, knowing your kids are different, not just putting them in the exact same program um, in the sense of, you know, you do have to get one more socialized than others sometimes. Um, but those are the things that I think sit on parents' shoulders that say, I would love to homeschool or charter. I just, it gives me anxiety to think about having my kids home all day long and being responsible for their education. So if you could kind of speak to that
4: oh gosh yeah there's so many different anxieties that you could have when it comes to homeschool and i've gone through different ones depending on the school year that we were looking at right so um but i think one of the big things that i encounter with families is i feel like i don't know enough to be able to homeschool my kids i didn't go to school to become a teacher so how could i possibly homeschool my kids you are so capable because it's not about having all the answers. It's about knowing where to find them. And you can do that um, with your kids. It creates an amazing um, history with your kids. Like we have so many stories and so many inside jokes. Like remember when mom tried to, do that volcano, you know, uh, explosion, that didn't go well. Mom, do you remember that? And so now they make fun of me about it. But, you know, <laughs> it brings us together. So there's lots of anxieties that way. We're worried that, oh, what if my kids can't get into the right college? What if, you know, this, they're not properly socialized, and they become socially awkward? Um, I asked my 17 year old about that this morning. And he just rolled his eyes. And he's like, Oh, It's such an overgeneralization of a lie because it's true. There are so many ways that kids can be social theater classes, PE classes, Krav Maga classes, you can do parkour, you can do photography classes. There's so much out there that really homeschoolers, we're um, finding that homeschoolers are even a little more prepared for the workforce than traditional schooled children just because they are interacting so much of the time with people who aren't their own age. They are interacting with adults. They're interacting with kids that are maybe three years younger than them. They're you know kids that are three years older than them. And they're learning how to bridge those gaps, which is more like the workforce, actually. Yeah. Mm. Where have all of us worked with people that are our exact same age? Never. And a lot of times it's just our own anxieties, our own fears because of our education experience. Right. And guess what, God wants to heal that. God wants to heal those wounds so that you're not held back and definitely so that your kids aren't held back by your experience.
2: For us, I know charter Uh, helped our anxiety. You're the one who taught me about how the ES, the education specialist that they have to check in with once a week. So they're not reporting to mama, they're reporting to their ES. And that was a game changer when you introduced us into that. When that ES is sitting there going, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? That was definitely a big game changer. And I think people need to know that. It's not, if you choose homeschooling, it's not all on you having to make sure that everything is turned in. That was overwhelming for me. It wasn't a good thing for me, but knowing that, they keep track of the attendance and they yes the reports to make sure as my if my kid is behind they're going to say hey they're super behind in math um and so we're going to need to up it and I'm going to su- suggest this I'm going to supplement them this way that was such a major thing so if anybody's interested in doing this but feels that overwhelming go look into the routes that provide edu- it, the word it's an ES an education specialist or someone a school that they check in whether it's yes. once a week or they might have, um, like Ben had classes, what, uh, two or three days a week, two two hours, and he would check in with the math teacher there. But that weekly regular person, that was a huge, huge, huge thing that will help. I think a lot of parents that feel overwhelmed by this, it's kind of like a hybrid between doing it at home and doing it at school. So I just wanted to add that. Yeah, absolutely. And some Um, If
4: charters aren't available in your state, there are some private schools that you can file your paperwork through a private school and still have that teacher that you report to. And they're a great resource as well because they will tell you, okay, we need to... Supplement math with some, you know, extra games, math games or something like that. Or let's read, you know, this other kind of book. And they have a lot of great resources. So you might want to look into public schools that are in your area. There's also some online um, tools that you can use or curriculums that you can use where it it tracks grades. So Time for learning was a good one for us. Learning is a great one, but definitely charters or a private school or even an, uh, um, a tutor, having, you know, just hiring somebody to come in for a couple hours a week and go, okay, where do you have questions? Show me the work that you've done this week. It's really finding what motivates each student is really important.
3: I'm just curious, um, how much time would you say generally each week that you pour into um, schooling? Now I'm guessing that now that you're a pro, you know, it's a lot um, a lot less maybe, <laughs> Um, But I'm just thinking for a lot of people who have two parents who are working, for example. So a lot of this sounds great, but how do they find that balance of getting started, um, especially now that they have to work from home as well?
4: Great question. Oh, great question. Absolutely. You know, um, The wonderful thing about doing it at home is that you don't have all of the recesses and, you know, that kind of thing. So to think that you have to do it from eight in the morning until three in the afternoon is really unrealistic for everybody. Um, And it's you can get everything done for the most part. Until my kids got into high school, we were done by noon, you know. And yeah, so it really just depends on your kids and, and your schedule. But and if you're at the elementary age, I would not say more than three hours a day. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and to don't expect them just to sit there and be still. Like do interacting things. You yeah. know, um, especially if you have elementary kids, they need to move. They need to play. So um, maybe do you know a little bit of reading. And um then let them go run around the block one time and then come back. And now we're gonna do our math worksheet and like set a timer that's like, okay, as long as you're diligent for fifteen minutes, then we get to go, you know, play soccer for fifteen minutes and you know, kind of do back and forth that way. Or if you're working from home, maybe you have I have one hour in the morning and then I have to be on my conference call, then you do school for an hour and then tell the kids you have free time, but maybe free time is kind of structured. So maybe it's playing with Legos or doing, um, a puzzle or coloring or working on handwriting worksheets or playing outside in the sand and lots of tactile stuff. Um, if you have kids like under the eight, like second grade and younger, definitely get them working with scissors because fine motor skills, like, um, that's always wonderful. Um, yeah. So, But once you get into the high school level, even then, my kids are done and they're taking pre-Cal, French 2, Language Arts, U.S., you know, AP, U.S. History, and um, they're done by noon. So because they can just, you know, get in there, get it done. And then they have the rest of the day to -hmm. to research and do whatever they want. My son's now researching um,
1: graphic design and teaching Mm -hmm. himself how to become a graphic designer. I've got all these moms popping in my head right now who are looking at Instagram and Facebook and they're seeing these moms post up of, we've got our day going, we are doing da 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 And all of a sudden that feeling of inadequacy and in comparing themselves and then they're comparing their children. How would you talk to those parents that, you know, what would you say to us? Us. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um. Well, first put the
4: phone down. Stop, stop scrolling Instagram, because um, you know what? if everybody's highlight reel. It is not real life. Um, for if you're going to homeschool, you need to be okay with leaving some dirty dishes in the in the sink um, until the kids are done. Sometimes, um, sometimes the beds don't get made. Sometimes there's piles of book books all over your kitchen table, so you actually have to go eat you know, outside or at a restaurant, um, it's messy, but you know what? It's so worth it when you realize you're discipling your own children's hearts. Cause we're all going to be oh, That's so good. Yeah. We're all going to be discipled by someone. And when it comes to spending too much time on the internet, too much time on screens or too much time in the classroom, we end up handing that discipleship over to either the school district or their peers. Um, and that was, that was just something that I wasn't, I finally wasn't willing to hand over anymore. I wanted to be able to disciple my kids' hearts, which means I have to be okay sometimes letting go of my schedule if one of my kids is having a meltdown. And it doesn't matter that I had a schedule that all these things needed to be done because right in this moment, this child's heart means so much more in the grand scheme of eternity Mm -hmm. than a pile of dirty dishes. Through all of it, I've been able to point my kids to Jesus. I've been able to disciple their hearts. And um, that's the greatest gift in the world for me.
0: Well, thank you, Corey, for all of your wisdom because I, I certainly hope that all of this information can allow parents to really take some of that anxiety away and make a potentially more informed decision about how to continue educating their kids either just this year or beyond that in years based on all of the examples and uh, uh, nurturing that you've been able to accomplish in your life with your kids. We are rooting for you and we know you can do it. And as Corey said, God will fill in the gaps where you think you can't. Uh, And we'll see you next time because of course, we want you to live a full life, homeschooling, distance learning, whatever it is. We want you to live and be living a full life. So stay with us and we'll keep giving you more tips here on Full Life. For more information, follow Corey on Instagram.